Amen. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bible with you, if you turn to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11, that is in the Old Testament. If you can't find it, it's because those sticky pages that you, you haven't ever uh, got unstuck from the gold on the edges. And, uh, you know, it may be a book you've not looked into very often. Nine miners were trapped over 200 feet below ground in a coal mine in Pennsylvania. And an older mine nearby had been breached, and so now 75 million gallons of water uh, came their way. And they were in this dead-end shaft. They're, they're trapped in an 18-by-70-foot air pocket, illuminated only by the lamps that they have on their heads. And they rapped on the rock ceiling nine times every 10 minutes, hoping somebody with sophisticated listening equipment would hear them. But, you know, the foreman gave it to him straight. He said, look, in an hour, all of us will be dead. We have one more hour, and then we'll be dead. And there was quiet, there were tears, there were silent prayers. Another one of the miners asked if anybody had a pen, and he found some cardboard, and he wrote a note to his wife and kids. And he put the note in a white plastic kind of painter's bucket, and he offered it to the others. And each man wrote his goodbyes to his loved ones. And once all nine notes were inside, the lid was snapped on, the bucket was lashed to a boulder so it could be found. And then a third miner grabbed a cable from the mine, looped it around all of their belts, and said, you know, if we're going to die, we might as well die together as family. Nine men, 250 feet below the surface, unable to dig themselves out, Uh, out of the problem they were in, facing the prospect of death in a dark world. But their hearts knew there is someone above them. And if that someone could just reach them, they could save them. But they had no way of knowing, are they actually listening? So they had hope, but they had to face reality. You know, there are people who walk around us every day And they see the world exactly the same way. It is a dark and a harsh place to live. Easter is a time of encouragement and inspiration. But you know, I want this Easter to go beyond that. I want this to be a working Easter. I want it to be a time of rescue and transformation. And that's a high bar to set after 13 months of pandemic. And it's impossible challenge, really, bigger than us. And yet, here's my thesis for today's study. If you will forsake a superstitious view of the future, and if you'll start walking with a spiritual view, then walking in the Spirit will do the work of transforming your life. A couple of years ago, I was dropping Emmeline off at her preschool, and I noticed a sign that said, everything I needed to know, I learned in kindergarten. Now, if that were really true, I think most of us would re-enroll in kindergarten. But in case you're not feeling me like I need you to, can I give you eight great life truths that children have learned? Number one, no matter how hard you try, you cannot baptize a cat. Number two, when your mom is mad at your dad, do not let her brush your hair. Number three, when your sister hits you, don't hit back because they always catch the second. Person. Now, I think some people in the NFL st- still need to learn that one. Number four, never ask your three-year-old brother to hold a tomato. Number five, you cannot trust dogs to watch your food. Number six, don't hold a dustbuster and a bunny at the same time. 
Number seven, you can't hide a piece of broccoli in a glass of milk. And finally, the best place to be when you're sad is grandpa and grandma's lap. But beginning in Ecclesiastes 11, Solomon shares the lasting life truths that he has learned in a dark and a harsh world. And I want to legitimize this as an unorthodox Easter passage. It is unorthodox because I'm not coming at you from the Gospels. I'm not talking directly about the resurrection. But what I believe we see in today's text is the result of resurrection, the type of transformation you can only get from receiving Christ's resurrection. And we need this right now because this is who the future belongs to. So let's go back to Solomon's wisdom in Ecclesiastes 11 because Solomon had this ability to connect the dots And Solomon takes you to the intersection of the present from which the future is created. So here is a paragraph in a chapter of a book of the Bible which is easily overlooked and often misunderstood. And part of this is because Solomon communicated timeless truths in time-dated images. And so he's talking here about merchant mariners and yeoman farmers. And it just so happens that is what the American Republic was built upon. And yet today, almost none of us are involved in that. So look at verse 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters. Now, I know just reading that makes your life so much clearer today, right? But Solomon has in in mind his own merchant ships plying the waves. And when he sends full ships of grain out over the waves, he is really literally taking bread out of the mouths of his citizens, and he's using that to trade for a better return. So in Ecclesiastes 11, and this is our first point for study, God wants to give you insight today on the choices that you need to make to transform your life and your future. And he's using Solomon and Solomon's world in order to do it because what life is all about is personality transformation. And that is why counseling is such a popular profession and yet counselors say that your personality is set in you at birth by, or at a very young age by certain traumatic experiences and it can never be changed, it can only be accepted. Well, I'm trying to resurrect you out of that Buddhist mindset today and get you into a biblical one because here's our second point for study. If trauma was able to change your personality negatively, then God's love and a walk in the Spirit is able to positively transform it. So here you are on Easter, and this is not an accident, it is divine appointment. And the question is, will you step into what God offers you? Will you react with the resolve, the courage, and the faith to get yourself in Christ? The whole theme of this chapter is you are designed by God in such a way that everything you have is a stewardship from him. And we had a close personal pastoral friend who who died just about five weeks ago. And on one of his, uh, you know, last trips, he could make her a well and his son has taken him to the oncologist or to get his chemo treatment or whatever it was that day. And, And at this point, 
they've learned his cancer is terminal, and he turned to his son and said, how can we steward this moment? The guiding verse he was using was Paul's words in Acts 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And yes, you can load your precious grain on a ship. You can watch it disappear over the horizon. You can never know if it's going to return, especially if it goes through the Suez Canal. But take the chance of taking your life this morning and sending it over the horizon to Jesus, of sending your soul to seek Jesus in faith. And consider what it would mean if the terms of the gospel are actually true and you can get forgiveness of all your sins and eternal life from God right now. Look with me at verse 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Who knows how many days? It doesn't say. It could be so many days it turns into a lifetime, but eventually you will see a return. 1 Kings 9 tells us Solomon possessed a fleet of ships, and they went and they fetched gold from Ophir. But you know what? It wasn't free. And so Solomon's only commodity is grain. And in effect, that is taking the bread out of his people's mouths. That is why this verse is translated the way that it is. Because Jesus answered the tempter in Matthew 4. If you look at Matthew 4, verse 4 in your handout, he answered saying, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But watch for the gold. But by every word that... proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's the gold. Trade for gold. And when you choose to give your life to Christ, it repays in a transformed life in return. And compared to the iffy-watchy situation with ships that get sideways, Jesus says this is a sure bet. You can live, you can be made alive by the word of God this morning. So what have you been doing with your grain? In addition to Restoration House, we send bread to Zambia and we support 120 kids with education and with food. Feeding center right next to the the church and the schoolhouse. We send people to El Salvador. We help in starting a church and training pastors. What of eternal significance are you going to do with your life this year? Come today and get saved. Come next Sunday and and get baptized. We're having baptisms next Sunday. And then start doing something with us. Verse 1 is the investment, but verse 2 is the sacrifice. Because verse 2 is generosity. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. For thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. I mean, Solomon is such an optimist. He doesn't say if evil. He says what evil, meaning which one. I mean, that is his positive certainty on negativity. Disaster is coming. Freezes, floods, tornadoes, droughts, polar vortex, they are all coming. So the one thing that you're doing is not safe enough, is not not enough anymore. You are playing your life too safe. 
You are too safe with your life because you are only living your, for one life, and that's yourself. What a waste of a good life. Why don't you let us take the word of God and help you be a great spouse as well as a great parent? Why don't you help us take the Bible and show you how to have great finances as well as great relationships? I mean, why don't you let us disciple you and how to walk in the Spirit and you can give maximum diversity to your spiritual human portfolio? So are you living for Christ while you can? Are you living in Christ, by Christ, while you can still give Him glory? I mean, I'll admit up front, I cannot solve all your problems. I mean, not just because it's you. I can't solve the problems of the person next to you either. But that doesn't mean you should not get saved and start living by Christ's resurrection power right now. When you set sail over the horizon of what you can see into what God's promises, you get beyond today. You start living for beyond today. And I'm just going to tell you, here's what I think. I think our new year starts now. And let's take as much ground as we can. Let's invest in our children's ministry and in softball. Oh, Lord. Let's be good in our adult classes and our small group harvest teams. Uh, We're still perfecting our live stream. Let's go ahead and get the youth band going anyway. I mean, we're not just investing in seven or even eight because we are investing in you. You are our venture. You are our future. And you are what Christ is banking on as his body. We don't even see the resources available because God hides them inside of people. And with the pandemic, we're all concerned about shortness of breath. Uh, Solomon says you need to be concerned about shortness of life. So we send the ship every Sunday. Every Sunday we're sending out a ship. And sometimes we forget about it, but God doesn't. God wants you to have a resurrection encounter with Jesus Christ today. You are the human capital God uses to build his fleet. So on a personal level, are you taking all the ground that you can? And I need you to know, if you're doing the best you can, if you say, well, Alan, I'm doing the best I can, well, you're not doing good enough because you're not living the life that Christ wants to give you. So here's our third point for study. Don't do the best you can in life. Let Christ do all that he can through you. Christ will enable you to do better than you can because he will transform you to do all the things that you can't. Look, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. That way you can live a life that can only be explained by the presence and the power of Jesus. Lord, let me live my life in such a way that I know I've taken ground that was impossible for me to take. I mean, there's just no explanation, no human explanation for what I took. So that my bones become evidence of the gospel. Verse 3, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. That sounds so obvious and self-explanatory, but I believe what Solomon is doing is he is destroying your superstitious view of your future. Some of us have superstitious views about why it rains in our life. 
Well, Solomon says it's because the clouds are full of water. But verse 3 starts with the word if, because some clouds uh, are not capable of rain. So if your life produces rain, where does it come from? The rain you produce, whether it is for growth and fruitfulness, or whether it's floods of destruction, it is the result of what you carry. You know, those who understand what I'm saying about the cross of Christ and getting in Christ by being born again so that he can transform you by his resurrection life, they know this. I mean, they understand this. If you want something to come out, you've got to get it inside. If you want resurrection power to come out of you, you have to get the Holy Spirit inside of you, and he only comes in by the new birth. It is the Spirit of God and the Word of God that conceived life in you. Now, I know you don't believe me, but I've been told you believe the Bible. So look, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Okay, but wait, because while Peter says you're born again by the seed of the word, in that same word, Jesus says in John 3, verses 6 and 7, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that, meaning only that which is born of the spirit, is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Your faith in what God's word says to you today allows the Holy Spirit to come inside of you and create new life. So if you want godliness to come out of you, you've got to get Christ-likeness inside of you. It is what you contain that you reign. Hello, somebody. I mean, do you ever use language that's so passive that it's almost like life is happening to you instead of you doing things in life? And as I, you know, read the new, the, I'm a news hound, so as I read the news stories about what happened in the Capitol just, uh, just recently, and the person who, you know, ran into a barricade, ran into an officer and killed him and injured another one, and the, ty- the things that he was saying, the way he was viewing life, he was so paranoid, passive, he viewed life as happening to him and felt like he could not affect life. And that is you thinking that clouds just rain without anything ever being put in them. What kind of world are you creating? What kind of marriage are you creating? What kind of family are you creating? It will be the world that you are carrying within you. You are getting out of your kids what you are putting in them, which is why you need to supplement it with what they can get in our harvest kids and also in our upper room youth, youth ministry. You get out of life what you put in it, whether for fullness, for the glory of God, and fruitfulness, or acidic destruction of your own environment. And you can change all the laws you want. The reason that doesn't work is because you did not transform the human heart. And what we are offering you today is a transformation of heart. We need, we need to all be in the business of heart transformation by what we put in it. So I want to be full of water. I want to have density. And the the Old Testament word translated glory literally means heaviness or weight. Christ came with the density of God and he died so that he could put living water in you in this life. I mean, watch John chapter 7 verse 38. He that believeth on me, Jesus said, As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living 
water. Don't you want that to happen tomorrow when you go to work, when you go to school? Wouldn't you like to be seeing living water of God just flowing out of you and going to, going to others? God is looking for men and women full of what he wants to rain on lost humanity. Do not be filled with bitterness. Do not be filled with anger, with fear, with guilt, with shame, with jealousy. All that leaves you fragile and broken and dangerous even to those that you love. Love makes you strong. Hope makes you resilient. Courage makes you startable and patience makes you unstoppable. Faith makes you invincible because faith in God transforms your personality. Have you been filled with despair leading up to this Easter? I want you to leave full of hope so that you can take that hope to others. And that's why I chose this as my unorthodox Easter passage. I want you to be a cloud of water so full that it What you have just cannot be contained. So now verse 3 goes on to tell us in the final analysis, if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there shall it be. Now I feel like I'd have just dropped the mic and walk away. And that sounds so Confucius. So tomorrow at work, when your boss asks you something that you don't know, or, you know, your, your spouse asks you, what were you thinking? Just look back at him and say, And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there shall it be. And then walk away like it's so obvious an answer that you don't even need to explain it. So I want you kids to try that with your parents this week. See how it works for you. I mean, the only thing some of us know about lumberjacking is uh, Monty Python. I'm a lumberjack and I am okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. And I will stop right there. But if you are a lumberjack, you need to know how to cut a tree so that it does not fall on you or on your truck or on the house. And if you are skilled, you can make a tree fall exactly in the spot of your choice. It's not rocket science. It's just, you know, physics, geometry, and angular momentum. But despite how simple it sounds, for some of you, your life is not landing in the direction that you want. And yet once it lands, it will stay exactly where it is because this life is all there is for you to make a choice and get saved. Sometimes I have people say to me, you know, I don't even know how I got here. I don't know how I got in this predicament. I don't know how this happened to me. But a tree falls where it has been weakened to break. You are leaning the way you are because that is where you are choosing to fall. You are deciding and deciding and cutting and cutting and choosing and choosing and acting and acting. And you are actually determining which way your life is going to fall whenever it breaks. Live a life that reflects Christ in you. And stop making choices that are making the tree fall in the wrong direction. Stop acting like it's God's fault. He's not coming through for you. No, he came through for you on the cross. He came out of the grave for you. He ascended to heaven. He sent back the Holy Spirit for you. And he inspired the word of God to tell you about that. 
God has not let you down. Now, and we know the story's true because the moment to falsify it would have been in the 40 days when Jesus was still on earth showing himself to all his disciples and everybody. I mean, that would have been time to falsify that story. Would have been in those 40 days or the 40 years before the temple was destroyed when people could walk right up to the temple, ask a priest, and they could show you the genealogy of Jesus and say, yes, I mean, this is God's Messiah. It's all right here. You know, we all fall someplace. Where are you going to leave your mark? What impact will you make after this Easter Sunday? Are you throwing away your shot, Hamilton? What about your epitaph? The marker over the ground where your life lays last. Lean backwards and you'll be trapped in the past. If you want to change the direction your tree leans, start today. Make the choice to be born again so you can follow Jesus. Are you bold enough to change your destiny for eternity? To be used to God to create a new future for other eternal souls? You know, I want to do a lot of things. But I want to be known for and I want to be remembered for bringing people to Jesus. So I know the mark I want to make on the world. My mark is the cross. I don't want to make my personal mark on you. The goal of my life is to make it so you can never forget the mark that Jesus made. I mean, some people, some people say you live as long as the last person who remembers you. But you know what? I'm saved, so I'm in the mind of God. He'll never forget me. So as, as long as God remembers me, I've got all eternity ahead of me. Decide to make your mark, living a life defined by Jesus' finished work. Verse 4, and I'll let you go. He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. That's why you need to make this decision today. Yeah, and I know to an agricultural specialist, those, uh, those words are so obvious, but for those of us who think vegetables come out of cans, let me explain. Some people will not reap the harvest God is giving, all because they're afraid of storms. And some people will never scatter seed because they think it's too windy. And you know what? If, if you are always looking for a church and it has to be just the right church and you're always just looking and looking and looking, hey, you're here today. Join this one. Stop making excuses. Stop waiting for the perfect conditions. Psalm 126 verse 6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We are not the perfect church. We all go through storms. I cannot guarantee we will never make you cry. But, but why should I? Why should I need to? This is the day. This is the place. Get saved. The cross of Christ is right in front of you. Give yourself to Jesus so that finally you get the opportunity to really sacrifice and be really determined and pay the price and be courageous. And that moment will never come beyond this one, that moment of choice. So take on this faith, not someday, but today. Don't just talk about it, be about it. Make this your working Easter. Trust Jesus with every aspect of your life. As the tree falls, 
so must it lie. As the person lives, so will they die. As a person dies, so will they be throughout eternity. It was 19 years ago, Somerset County, Pennsylvania, the Queen Creek Mine, flooded too rapidly for nine miners who were in the one left panel area. They were 250 feet below the surface for three whole days. And they were down to their last hour, unable to free themselves from a dark tomb. They said their last goodbyes. They roped themselves together as a team. But then at rescue hole number one, a drill broke through. And the rescuers up top, they tapped on the drill bit with a hammer. And in a moment, they heard a faint response from down below. And so then they take out the drill bit and they lower a child's glow stick attached to a two-way radio into the six-inch air pipe. And thus began the rescue of nine miners who had given up. But their hope was rewarded because someone who could save them was up there. And I got to give you this before I let you go, because if you're scared of death, this is such a great picture. That drill, as it had gone through, had broken through an aquifer on the way down. And so as they widened and widened the area, and then they're bringing the miners up to the surface, they were drenched one last time in a flood of frigid water as they got to the top. But that was all that death, hell, and the devil could do that day. Do you know what the Bible makes clear? Someone who can save you is waiting on your response. We often, you know, take Revelation 3.10 and we talk about Jesus knocking at the door of the heart. Okay, he's tapping. Is he going to hear a response? You land where you fall, but are you going to fall where you've been leaning? Jesus offered himself on the cross to take God's judgment for your sin. But if you die without Christ, there are no second chances. This is the message. You're hearing it today. The resurrection life he offers this Easter is no longer available after that. Every head bowed, every eye closed. God has spoken to some hearts this Easter Sunday. You are one. You need to get saved today. New life begins today. Hell was created for the devil and his angels. Eternity belongs to you. Will you cross the line of faith and give your life to Christ this morning? Go ahead and stand with me, if you would, as we get ready to pray. Because in order to receive the life of Christ today, all you have to do is pray. He is alive. He is a God who hears you. He will answer when you pray. Just ask for it. Just tell God you trust the finished work of Christ. And just pray and say, Jesus, I give you my life. That's not everything you and God need to talk about, but that is the starting point to be made his child. Because if you give Jesus your life, he will put his life inside you right now. Just bow your heads right now. Everybody, heads bowed and eyes closed. And just pray and just say, God, I trust Christ today for eternal life. Save me for Jesus' sake. And if you pray that sincerely, then you belong to him. And his word says he will never leave you nor forsake you. I mean, just whisper this prayer to him. Jesus, I give you my life. 
and heads bowed and eyes closed. But if you prayed like that, I want you to lift your hand high right now. Don't think about it. Just do it. I just want to know who to keep praying for. Just lift your hand high right now so I can see. I want to know who to pray for before I close. Thank you. Several hands going up. Thank you. Father, I thank you for the men and women who have trusted in Jesus this Easter Sunday. I pray that you'll wrap them in your love. Let them know they belong to you. And that this is just the beginning of new things in Christ. And let them know, Lord, that we want to get to know them. And I want, I, want, I want them to know what the next steps in the Christian life are. And I want to give them my book today on, on next steps for new believers. And we want to see them become disciples of the Lord Jesus and fishers of men and women with us to bring others to faith in Christ. So Lord, give them the courage right now to, as soon as we say amen, to just come up here to the front and tell us and let us know. Because we will walk beside them. This is the beginning of new life, and Lord, we praise your name. Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to have baptisms, so definitely come up and let us know right now if you'd like to get baptized next Sunday. And even if you're just visiting, you can sign up for the date night, uh, April 16th. But I want us to sing one last song together because... I want you to step out of here knowing the power that you have and the privileges that you have and knowing the power of God. So Brandon, come back and praise team. Lead us in another one more song.